Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. I'm your host Amanda and if you didn't know anything about me already, my name is Amanda. I'm a 22-year-old content creator from Montreal, Canada. I currently go to school full-time at Concordia University studying communication studies and I also do this podcast. I do YouTube. I have an Instagram blog and I own two small businesses, one being an apparel company called Cookie Apparel and one being a candle company called Juan Candles and I also do video and podcast editing on the side. So that's a little bit about me, this podcast, like it's called Behind the Girl Boss. We love to talk to amazing, talented, powerful, and inspiring women who are literally killing it, whether it be in the business field, in social media, with owning their own business, whatever it may be. We love to just explore people's journeys and get to know how they got to where they are today. So before we jump into today's episode, we obviously have our journal prompt. So this is a segment that I have on my podcast where I tell you a journal prompt that I want you to write about, whether it be right now, after this podcast, this week, whatever it may be. I want us to all write the same journal prompts. I think it would be so fun. So today's journal prompt is, what can I talk about for 20 minutes straight? I feel like this is so fun. We can literally just write what we can actually talk about for 20 minutes straight and then just write about it. Whether it be writing about your podcast, writing about your blog, writing about your business idea, writing about what you're studying in school, writing about a hobby, writing about making music, like whatever it may be. I feel like it would be so fun to just like write about it and talk about it for 20 minutes while you're writing. So happy writing, everyone. And now for this podcast episode, we have Lauren Berger on the podcast. Lauren is the CEO of Official Career Queen and Intern Queen. She is also the author of three books, which is literally crazy. And she is literally an icon to me, at least. Intern Queen is the thing that I know Lauren for most. Intern Queen basically discusses internships, how to get internships, how she got internships, and all these tips and tricks. And she also really publicizes different internships that like is going on around the world, different ambassador programs. And it's just like such a cool little community. Actually, it's not little. She is about to hit 30,000 followers on Intern Queen which is crazy. Go follow her now. Get her to 30,000. But we had such a good conversation. We talked all about her career path. We talked about her internship experience. We talked about why you should have internships. We talked about intern queen, career queen. We talked about everything that you can ever imagine. So this episode is for you if you're into internships, career advice, wanting to know how to get to where you want to be. This is for you. Keep on listening. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today we have yet another guest and we have Lauren with us. So hi, Lauren. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I would love to. So I'm Lauren Berger. I'm the CEO and founder of Intern Queen, Career Queen, the IQ Agency, which is our full service campus agency author of three books and a whole lot more. And I always say, and that's only the work part. So um, that's a little bit about what I do professionally. And then um, any, in terms of just some fun facts, I'm a new mom. I have a nine month old baby. So I've been adventuring into um, mom life, which is brand new. It's a brand new chapter for me. Um, And I've been, you know, enjoying as much as anyone can, um, having some time at home with my little one. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited to get to know you more and know more about your journey. Um, Before we kind of jump into that, I like to do a little hot seat segment to kind of just like break the ice and have like fun little questions. Um, So the first one is, if you could live anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? 
if I could live anywhere in the world right now, it would be, you know, I, I think it would be right here. And I live in, um, I live in, uh, the Los Angeles area. So I love that that's my answer to you because I think as, you know, 20 and 30 somethings, we spend so much time thinking about where we would like to move. Yeah. And I think I'm happy, happy where I'm at, which is a good feeling. Yeah, for sure. Cause a lot of us, like we don't know where we want to be in like the world. And I think it's like really cool that you actually know where you want to be and you're already there. So I love that for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, The next one is what is your go-to meal? So I am obsessed with chicken noodle soup. It is just like my feel better medicine of life. Honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Soup is like just so good. It's so underrated. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) And it's like me on the couch with soup just like makes me happy, especially after a long and hard day. I'm just like, ah, a hundred percent. I agree with that. And the last one is what is a show you can rewatch over and over and never get tired of? You know, so it's, I'm actually not a big rewatcher, but the, and it's, <laughs> it is funny because it's part of my business name, but the movie, the internship, the one with, um, or is it the, in, the intern or the internship, the one with, um, Anne Hathaway, I'm like Googling it as I say that, um, I think it's the intern with Anne Hathaway. That's my go-to airplane movie that I can just watch over and over and over. I've actually never seen that. I love asking people oh, this question. Oh, you should watch it. It's a good, like, it's a good girl boss type. Yes, um, I would definitely be watching that. Yeah, I love asking people this question because I feel like I watch so many things, but then everyone brings up something that like I've never heard of before. And I'm like, there is yeah. so many movies, TV shows in the world. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, Absolutely. So I split this podcast into sections. So we're going to start off with your school and internship experience, then your journey as an author. Then we'll talk about intern queen and career queen, and then go into some Instagram questions that I got. Love it. So we're going to start off with your school and internship experience. So where did you study and what was your major? Sure. I went to the University of Central Florida, so UCF in Orlando, and my major was organizational business communications. So like what kind of like classes did you take during that? all comm classes so a lot of um he did some like I don't even remember um (laughs) I think I did like it was some marketing and some public relations but mainly general communications courses okay that's so cool that's actually what I'm studying right now so it's cool to see other people doing that did that and like are kind of like following the career path I want to follow too so was there any other schools you wish you went to yeah, it's, I love that you asked that question. So I became a college speaker after I graduated from mm-hmm. college. So as a college speaker, I've spoken at like over 200 colleges and universities around the US and Canada. So after college, I, I was sort of exposed to all of these schools. And I, you know, I liked my college, but I think that if I could do it all over again, and definitely for my daughter, she doesn't (laughs) even know what's coming. Um, You know, I didn't know about all of these smaller, like liberal arts schools, um, where it's a smaller campus community. And, um, you know, a lot of them have some great majors and focuses. And for some reason, Ithaca is a college um, that I kind of think about. And I know so many great students who graduated from there. And I feel like I have a lot of things in common mm-hmm. um, with some of, some of them. So if it is on my list, but just in general, like I'm really into those smaller liberal arts schools where it's a little bit smaller and, you know, a little bit less about Greek life and football and a little bit more about like campus community and involvement. So I think for my daughter, that's probably the direction that I would steer her. 
It's funny you say that because in Canada, like we're, we don't really have much of like a Greek life and everything. So I feel like in the States, it's such a big thing. And like people choose specific schools because of like the sororities that they have there. So it's kind of cool to be on like the other side. Cause like I just picked a school that like I knew of and I didn't think of like Greek life or like the teams that they had or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So if you could go back, would you change your major or would you keep the same one and why or why not? It's funny. It's funny how much you would for me that I actually would change. So I think I would change my major. I did communications, which, you know, it's funny because as a business owner running a team, I do find myself relying on some of those super basic, but really important communication skills Mm -hmm. that I learned in college. Um, But I think if I had to go back, I'd probably be a business major because, you know, I didn't know, I just didn't know that I wanted to run my own business at that point in life. Um, but knowing what I know now I'd go back and I'd be a business major so that I'd have a little bit more insight and familiarity with some of the, you know, some of the finance, um, and business model sides of the business. Yeah. I feel that. How did you like, since you didn't go to school for that, how did you kind of learn about those things? Um, that is a good question. I think it was probably, for me, it was probably a combination of two things. You know, one was just books. Like I would literally park myself at Barnes and Noble for (laughs) hours. This was, you know, I started my business, my senior year of college. So I do this in college. And then Mm -hmm. after college, I didn't, I didn't start doing intern queen full-time until a few years after college. So I would just park myself at Barnes and Noble for hours. And I would just pull every book off the shelf and just make like crazy notes on my notebook and try to teach myself as much as possible. And then my um, husband, we've been together for a little over 10 years. And so when I met him, intern queen wasn't it, it had already started, but mm-hmm. it was still pretty new. And he had been running his business for a really long time already. And he was going to um, USC business school at the time. So I feel like I got a little bit of like a cheat sheet education from him. And he's been able to really help educate me and sort of steer the business in the right direction financially. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. There's so many books that like you can read that it's like crazy. Like once I was on, um, so I don't know if you guys have chapters there, but I was on chapters and um, I literally searched up like business entrepreneurship and there's like hundreds of books. So I like that you said that. So I was reading that you've done over 10 internships, which is crazy to me. I haven't even done one yet. I'm still looking, but how would you explain your search for these internships? Yeah. Um, so I did a ton of internships in college and I think for the majority, again, I'd love to say that I went to some magical website and they helped me. I mean, they didn't. That's part of the reason why I started intern queen mm-hmm. is because I felt like there were a lack of resources, but I'm really big on like picking the company that you want to work at writing down that company and then all of the companies that are kind of similar and live in a similar space and just reaching out to the companies directly. And typically that starts with going to the company website, sort of, you know, going to the about us or the careers page, seeing what's open and then reaching out that way, cold calling or looking on LinkedIn to see if there's anyone in your network that works at that company or that knows anyone that works at that company. So those are some of the basic steps that I used to take and still believe in taking um, in terms Mm -hmm. of finding an So why do you believe internships are beneficial and how has it kind of helped you with your own career path? Yeah, I think that, I mean, an internship is what took me from someone who knew nothing to someone who knows a lot of things now. And I think that the power of internships is they place you smack dab in the middle of a potential 
you know, dream company or career path that you think you might be interested in. Mm -hmm. And you're sort of thrown into the mix and thrown into the fire. And then you have to figure it out. And um, I think just that experience in itself is really powerful. And then of course, you know, it's a resume builder. Everybody's looking for internships on resumes these days. Yeah. Um, and then you're also networking and building connections for the first time. So it's a chance to enhance your skill set, to meet people and to really figure out what you like and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So with like networking and stuff, do you think that it's easier to network online or were you like, did you attend like networking events in person. I know like right now those can't happen obviously, but yeah, I would say that online has always probably been the easiest way. And then, you know, networking events are great, but they're a little bit hit or miss too. You know, you spend, if we, if we think back to pre COVID times, like to go to a networking event, that takes a lot out of you. You have to get ready for it. You have to drive there, walk there, take the train there, whatever your transportation is. Then you have to be there. You don't necessarily know that it's, you know, it's either hit or miss, right? Then you have to come home. It's a whole thing. Sometimes it costs money. And I think that online networking is more, is usually not always, but is usually more effective. Um, I typically believe in the volume approach. Not everybody is a fan, (laughs) but that's what's worked for me. And that just means reaching out to a lot of people and hoping to get like one response back, you know, because that one response back can be really magical. So I think it's important to always be reaching out. And in terms of like the best place to look for an internship, the best place to network for internships, I really think LinkedIn is hands down. I mean, that's it. Internqueen.com, my my website is a great tool um, for content. We have two sites, Intern Queen and Career Queen, and both are really valuable in terms of just getting insight from other students. We have an awesome um, blog series on Career Queen called Six Questions, where we just interview like real people with real jobs that you might want just to really understand what it is they do all day. And then um, on our Intern Queen YouTube channel, I mean, the videos on there are awesome. And our specialty is sort of our resume and interview content. So I think if you're looking for resources, those are great. But hands down, LinkedIn is probably the best place to go. Yeah, I love LinkedIn. I started using it like more recently and it's so cool to like see the connections you can make through like an online platform. Yeah, me yeah, I'm also trying um I have I use LinkedIn, but I'm trying to use it more and use mm-hmm. it I guess smarter <laughs> as well. And even things that I used to kind of ignore like when it gives you updates on where people are working. I mean, it's actually really interesting to see where people in your network are going and if they're getting yeah. promoted or getting new jobs and all of that. So I think there's a lot of great ways that we can all use it. I agree. So you are the author of a few books. Do you want to tell us the titles and a brief little summary of each? Sure. So uh, my first book is called All Work, No Pay, a title that honestly, if I could change it, I would because I feel (laughs) like when I started this all it was all about the unpaid internships and now they're all, and, and the title was just kind of tongue in cheek and funny and still is funny, but, um, you know, can also come across maybe the wrong way. So I think yeah. if I had my dream, I'd be able to change the title of that book. Not as easy as one might think. Um, <laughs> maybe the publisher will hear this one day. Um, but, uh, yeah, so all work, no pay is a great resource and it's not about unpaid internships. It's about all internships, regardless of the pay. And it's just like a basic, um, kind of like your basic guide to everything you need to know. So if you're someone who's starting out in the internship land, you need help putting your resume together, prepping for interviews, like all work, no pay is your dream book. And I meet so many students that take these like ripped up old copies of all work, no pay out of their bags because they just put it in there just in case they have an interview to prep for. It's awesome. So I think that if you're in college and need an internship, 
All Work No Pay is Your Jam. Um, my second book is called Welcome to the Real World. I think Welcome to the Real World maybe get the least attention in terms of my three books, and it's definitely underrated. It's awesome. And if you are graduating and going into a fast-paced job, um, something that could maybe be high stress, so you're going into a marketing agency, a talent agency, you know, something, a big consumer packaged goods company, like Welcome to the Real World is going to save you. It's literally everything that I did wrong at my first job when I was an assistant at a talent agency after college. And you should read it before you start work because trust me, I did everything wrong and I learned how over time to do it right. And I talk about it in the book. So I always say like, read that book to make them so you don't make the mistakes <laughs> that I made. Um, and then my last book is probably the nearest and dearest to my heart. My most recent book is called Get It Together. I mean, I meet people so often who literally just say like, I need to get it together. I need to get it together. I hear that all the time. And I felt the same way. I felt like just all over the place. And like I was, and this is obviously pre COVID, but I felt like I was doing all these things all the time, whether it was for work or for personal, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled or satisfied or even accomplished at the end of the day. So I sort of set out on this journey to like unfold, right? All of the, all of the stuff and just figure out like, what's the problem? Why am I getting so lost in all this crap all day? <laughs> and um, welcome to the real world, or sorry, not welcome to the world, um, get it together kind of takes you on that journey with me um, of kind of like unraveling all the stuff and then really trying to refocus and reprioritize your life and your day and your goals so that you can feel happy at the end of the day. Because if we're all booked, and doing a thousand things a day, but then feeling awful when we go to bed at night, like what's the point, right? Yeah. So I just think we all have a lot of, including myself, have a lot of work to do in that area. So I think it can be really helpful for a lot of people. I agree. I love all those. Those are so cool. I haven't, I don't usually read much, but like the last one really got me like, I need to read that book because I need to, I always tell myself I need to get it together because I feel like, like you were saying, like sometimes I do so many things and I just, I don't know. I don't feel like fulfilled in a way. Yep. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I t No, I totally really Well, check it out. Let me know what you think. There's a really good, it's intense, but a really good like goal, like goal writing section too, <laughs> which you might like, especially with all the things that you have going on. So you have to circle back on that. <laughs> awesome. I will. <laughs> so what kind of like made you want to write your own books? It's a good question. You know, thinking back when I wanted to start intern queen as a college student, I, oh, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's funny. I'm like, what did make me want to write books? <laughs> oh yes, I remember now. So when I was in college, um, I feel like I did a hundred things in college. Everyone always thinks I'm nuts. So I was going to class. I was, you know, having my social life. I was doing all these internships, but I was also doing a lot of freelance writing. I was always told I was a good writer and I always felt confident in my writing skills. So pretty early on in my college career, I would send these pitch emails to these big magazines because magazines were all the, you know, were all the, the rage when I was in school. Mm -hmm. And I would pitch myself to do freelance articles and I would write on whatever they would hire me to do. So dance articles, home cleaning articles <laughs> that I knew nothing about. But um, as a writer, people always say, write what you know. And I started pitching internship articles. And my first big internship article was in 17 Magazine, which was the dream, of course. Yes. And from there, I thought I should take this to the next level. Like I know internships. I've had all of these experiences. I did the research. I knew there weren't a lot of books out in the space. And so I started pitching the book as a college senior. I was definitely told it was a terrible idea and nobody cared. Um, but you know, I, I was also told to build my platform. 
And so that's really what I focused on the next few years was building my platform. And then a few years later, um, I was able to, you know, write my first book and get a book deal and all of that. Um, but I think focusing on my platform so that, cause I, I think what a lot of people don't think about is like, you can write a book, anyone can write a book, but like, who's going to buy your book, right? Yes. Besides like your parents or your, your whoever <laughs> is. So, um, I think building a platform so that when you do have a book, you have people to sell it to, mm-hmm. um, or people that will go buy it from whatever bookstore is really important. A hundred percent. So not a lot of people talk about this or not a lot of people that I know talk about this. Um, what's like kind of like the book writing process and how long did it take you for each book or for one book, whatever you want to talk about? Um, just bring us through like that process. Yeah, I'll tell you about the one that's, um, you know, the most recent and fresh, mm-hmm. which is writing, get it together. So writing, get it together was hard because here I am trying to write a book about getting it together. And I'm feeling like, like shit for lack <laughs> of better words. Like I'm feeling like I don't have it together. Yeah. And, um, I don't have the luxury of being, a, I'm not a full-time author, right? I'm a full-time yeah. business and I, I'm a CEO of a company. So I run a team all day, every day. So between the hours of like 8.30 and 4.30, my day's accounted for. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily this was before I had a child because man, that would just add another, <laughs> that would add more to the, more, um, to the situation. But so I basically had to write after work, which is, you know, that's hard because you're not fresh in the afternoon, right? Yeah. Like who wants to start writing a book at 5 PM? Like nothing sounds worth. So I'd be writing in the evenings and on the weekends. And I mean, I would love to tell you guys it was glamorous. It was just not, I mean, there were, and of course this is also pre COVID. So this was in the days where I would have to get myself out of the house. So I would go to like a Starbucks to, you know, plug in and I'd be one of the laptop people, but there would be day. I remember there was one day where I had to go to three different Starbucks locations because I kept falling asleep, even with my coffee. So I'm like smacking myself in the face. I had all these iced coffees. My car was just filled with iced coffees that were like half consumed. (laughs) I mean, I was such a disaster. And then, you know, you're trying to write a book and your friends are texting you or like you have an email on the same screen. And it's funny because a lot of the content and get it together is like, how do we eliminate the noise? We can actually focus on things we want to do. And I talk a lot about cell phone control and email. So in order to be productive and write my book, I would have to like not bring hardly anything with me. I would like throw my phone across the room or give it to my husband to hide from me because I couldn't have my phone. I'd have like my big Beats headphones. I'm the kind of person that wants to like rock out while I work. So I'd be like blasting rap music and I'd have to, sometimes I would just shut off my Wi-Fi so that I couldn't get any emails in, like close out all my tabs and just try to get in the zone. But it was basically a lot of, self-torture um for a while but I think for my last book I started writing it around the holidays also a terrible idea um but sometimes you don't have a lot of control over the timeline the publisher gives you that so I think I started it in like I think I started outlining things in November started writing it in December finished by the end of February so three months went back and forth for about two months with an editor and then and then it came out that November so it was like less than a year for the whole process so it was really fast but it you know the the timeline really just depends on that publisher and mm-hmm. what they you know, they want to release it and things like that awesome so like for you to publish a book like do you like I don't know how this works do you use the same publisher is it a different one each time so um typically you write one book with one publisher and then in your contract it says that you have to give them an opportunity to buy your next project okay. so I'm like the, um the person that no one wants to work with again <laughs> which is 
awkward, but okay. Um, so I did my first book um, with one company and then showed them my second book and they said no. So then I found another company to do it. And then with my second book, my editor actually left the organization, which also happens a lot. Either people leave and then you don't want to stay there anymore. So then we went to a third publishing house. So all of my books are with like the biggest publishers in the country, but they're all three different ones, which is awkward, but funny, but I guess it worked. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll tell you though, just to add a fun nugget in there, my most recent publisher is um, McGraw-Hill, a big publisher, and um, the woman who specifically said like, yes, Lauren, I want your book. She was actually a former student who worked at, who used Intern Queen in college and who saw me speak at her campus like eight years before. So it's kind of funny how things come, you know, full circle and yeah. not only has my network networked with me but I've also networked with them that's so cool that also goes to show like to always keep like your connections and like to always just like networking helps yeah absolutely and then for the next part like how do you go about promoting your books I know you said like to build a platform before but there are there other ways to like go about, about promoting a book yeah I mean it's I think it's hard a you know and I mean I know you get it because you're promoting a podcast every right yes. and that's hard too um it's just harder than I think we always think there's a lot of excitement in terms of writing the book and then planning the book and talking about a PR strategy and things like that. And then there's executing, which is tricky, I think for anything. So whether you're marketing a podcast or a book, it has to be a long lasting plan. I think a big mistake that a lot of people made that I've made a lot and probably continue to make is um, you'll have like a three, three to six month promotional schedule where when it's fresh and new and exciting and you're telling everybody to use it or to read it or to listen to it, whatever, you know, whatever you're promoting. Yeah. And yeah. then not only like, and then you just stop. Right. And it's not really for any reason. It's just like, it's not fresh and exciting anymore. You've moved on to the next thing. And I think it's a big mistake. Like longevity is important. And um, being repetitive is really important. You know, there's a lot of noise out there right now. Everybody's posting about a different brand, product, book, podcast every day. Yeah. So it's really important to have that, um, you know, repetitive content and reminder out there. So I didn't exactly answer the question, but you know, I promoted the book through any way I could. I got on TV shows. I did radio interviews. I did podcasts. I wrote articles. I contributed articles, but I'll tell you that 90% of the stuff I did didn't matter. It was just stuff. You know, and I think that's the yeah. thing with us is like a lot of it is just stuff. It, it takes a really special platform, podcast network where you have such a sticky, like engaged audience that they mm -hmm. listen and then they take an action, right? Whether that means downloading your podcast or reading your book or buying it or doing whatever, buying clothing line. So, you know, it's interesting. It's funny though, um, Brooke Michio, who I know um, was on another episode of your podcast and the listeners will have to go back and check that episode out too. Um, her podcast, Gals on the Go is really great. And um, I saw a lot of, um, you know, return from being on that. So yeah. I'm, always, I'm always interested in like, what are the platforms that yield a high return? And mm -hmm. I think those are really special. Like I'd rather a podcast have, have an audience of like five people who are obsessed, you know, and want to do anything that podcaster says yes. and just believe that podcaster with like their, their heart and soul than a podcast that has a bazillion listeners, but like none of them care enough to take an action. So. 100%. I'm tangenting. Anyways. <laughs> no, it's good. I like that answer. So transitioning into intern queen and career queen, what made you come up with the idea for both of those? So I came up with the idea for intern queen in college because I didn't feel like there were enough resources out there for young yeah. people who wanted internships. 
Um, and then the idea for Career Queen came from, you know, uh-oh, everybody's graduating, but we're still in touch with them. Like, they want job advice. What do we do? <laughs> so it was sort of like our answer to building our alumni network almost. Yeah. Um, so that's what kind of drove um, those businesses. So what do you offer to people on both accounts? Free internship and career advice. So if you're interested in professional development, I think you'll be really drawn to both the Intern Queen and Career Queen pages. Of course, if you're out of college, you'll want to look at Career Queen. And um, you know what I'm really interested in, especially for Career Queen is like, I think I mentioned this earlier, but when I was graduating school, I got hired as an assistant at a talent agency. I don't even think that I, like if someone would have said to me, Lauren, do you know what an assistant at a talent agency <laughs> does? Like, I don't even think I knew. Um, and I think a lot of people still don't know what these positions are. Like when you're a coordinator at an ad agency, like what the heck does that mean, right? Or if you do paid social or growth analytics. So I'm really trying to interview a lot of, again, I don't, every website features celebrities, right? Like we don't yeah. need Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba is awesome, but like everybody's interviewing her. I want like real people with real jobs and I want to understand what they do and how they got there. And I think that's the, um, the value that we can bring on intern queen and career queen to our readers. I love that. So how were you able to grow a following on both accounts? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I, I will tell you that we are still focused on, you know, growth and both growth, but also engagement mm-hmm. on a daily basis. It's always a conversation that's happening. Um, I have a social team that, that runs our social and we're constantly trying to, you know, learn and grow and develop and change. But I think, um, I think word of mouth has been really powerful for us. Um, getting in front of students through like speaking events, um, whether they're virtual or in person has been really helpful in building our following. And I think more than anything, just being consistent and always being there and putting out great stuff. And just to add one more thing in there, I also think longevity sort of matters. Like I've been doing this now for over 13 years, Mm -hmm. right? So I'll get on business calls with people and it's really cool because I'll say, have you heard of intern queen? And they'll be like, Oh, I think I used your site in college. (laughs) And that's, that's really great. And I think that's, you know, that's what kind of experience and again, longevity gives you is like, you just, people start to hear about it and it starts to kind of move. And in most of my conversations now, if there's five people and they come from a marketing background in the United States and I'm on the phone with them, usually one's heard of intern queen, which I feel like is pretty good, you know? So, um, I think being around for a while and experience helps too. No, it's funny that you say that because I actually heard of Intern Queen because of a Facebook group I'm in. Um, They posted- Oh, because of our Canada party? No, it was actually, um, I think Jason Tartik. Is that how you say it? Oh, oh, yes, Yes. Jason. Do you watch The Bachelor? I do. So someone posted that Intern Queen was posting about Jason Tartik looking for a video editor. And I was like, oh, what's Intern Queen? And then I went to go look and I was like, that's so cool. So then that's how I um, found Intern Queen. And then I've been following since. Um, but yeah, it's like, there's a lot of like word of mouth. And I, after I saw that one post, I was seeing more posts about Intern Queen. So I was like, that's so cool. Cause like, I probably, maybe I've seen it before and like, it just didn't stick in my head, but it's like, yeah, word of mouth is really important. I love that. I'm literally going to message Jason and be like, guess what? <laughs> I'm doing something with them coming up soon too. I don't, I'm doing something with them in February. They're doing like a speaker series or something, but that's so funny. I love it. <laughs> um, so do you yourself offer internships for your own company? 
Yes, we do. We actually just hired our intern and she starts on Tuesday. Um, so we have a paid internship <laughs> that we offer at Intern Queen. Um, again, we just hired a student from University of South Carolina who I'm really excited about. And she starts with us on Tuesday. Um, doesn't matter where you live. It's a paid internship. It's usually about 12 to 15 hours a week. And typically that person works with our marketing, our social and our sales team. Um, just to get them a really well-rounded experience. And um, we'll be looking for interns again, probably in, I would say probably early April. And that would be for our summer internship program, which probably goes from like late May, early June, all the way through mid-August. Awesome. Well, if anyone's listening, don't forget to check that out. Um, So I had a question while talking about internships. How do you, because you were talking about unpaid internships a bit. How do you feel about those? Because I know like there's a lot of talk about them and like, I haven't seen too many, but there are a lot of internships still that are unpaid or they're like $2 an hour. So like, how do you feel about those? Um, so I, you know, my take on, un- in terms of unpaid internships, right, is what you're asking about. Yeah. So I grew up doing unpaid internships, right? So I have a unique perspective here because if I had to go back and do college all, all over again, um, I would definitely do the unpaid internships because they were the most valuable thing I did in college. Mm-hmm. And I think they led me to, you know, my jobs and my career today, which, yeah. you know, gives me quite the paycheck. Right. <laughs> so, um, and when I did those internships, they were very part-time. They were 12 to 15 hours a week. I always had a part-time job and it wasn't an issue, but, you know, so when it comes to companies that are going to give you a great experience and you're volunteering your time, I don't personally have a problem with that, but mm-hmm. I think society, to be honest, has a problem with it. And I understand why there's been a lot of instances where companies are taking advantage of young people and they're not paying them and they should be paying them. So I, I hear it, right? I get as sort of a voice in the space, I've seen the majority of internships go from unpaid to paid most of the internship, I think most or all the internships that I did that were unpaid are now paid. So I think the times are changing. Mm -hmm. Mindset is changing. People wanting to be paid for their time, like, duh, of course, right? It it makes sense. Um, I don't know why it was unpaid in the first place, to be honest. Um, So I think that um, students will have a much easier time finding a uh, paid internship right now than they would have 10 years ago when I was interning. And um, if you are looking at an unpaid internship, I would just sort of ask yourself, like, why is this unpaid, right? If it's unpaid because it's a nonprofit, okay, I'd entertain that, right? If it's unpaid, I'm trying to think of the other reasons. Uh, You know, a lot of startups say, well, it's an unpaid internship. I'm not really into that. I think if they're a startup, they should, they have a team, they should be able to pay their interns. Um, So I would look at like, okay, well, why is this opportunity unpaid? Is it historically unpaid, but like really well-respected and well-known? Is it a nonprofit? Like what's the reason why it's unpaid? So I would try to get some sort of understanding around that. And then you have to decide if it's worth it, right? Is this short-term investment of your time worth it in the long run? You know, is this your dream job? Because if it is, then, you know, maybe it is worth it. You you sort of have to look at that. And then, you know, you have to make sure that the company isn't taking advantage of their interns. They're not using their interns as salespeople. They're not, you know, giving you mindless tasks all day. And you have to make sure it's a valuable experience for both parties. But all that being said, I think the majority of students are going to be able to find paid opportunities. 100%. I agree with that. So do you have like a long-term goal for Intern Queen and Career Queen? You know, my long-term goal is just to help as many people as possible connect with their, connect with their dream careers and give them enough resources that they feel confident going out into the real world. Awesome. Love that. (laughs) Um, So I was reading that your advice has been 
featured in places such as Business Insider, Forbes, Teen Vogue, and more. How did you go about this? Like, did they contact you? Did you contact them? Amanda, I feel like the story of my life is that I contact them. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to say that like my phone rings off the hook, but I'm telling you 13 years in, I'm still picking up the phone every day. I'm still emailing. I'm still calling. I'm still saying, look at me, look at me. Um, Every every so often I get lucky and I'll get a great phone call. Um, when my, when, uh, sometimes I'll work with a PR agent, P, uh, PR agency when my books come out. And mm-hmm. so then, you know, I have another agency that's pitching me. So in the, you know, in that case, they're setting things up, but typically I'm looking at where I want to be positioned, you know, in what company do I want my business? Like, do I want my business to be, do I want to be next to the founder of another powerful business? Like, sure. Right. It just depends what that business is and what the right yeah. position is. So I'm always looking at, okay, where do I want to be featured? What do I want to do? And then pitching myself to those people or trying to, right. <laughs> and I would say 10% of the time I'm successful and 90% of the time I'm not, but Hey, <laughs> people only see that 10% and it looks good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally agree with that because people always like, not everyone, but like a lot of people think that like they have to contact you or you have to be contacted by someone. But the amount of emails I've sent to people and like half of them probably don't answer me. But at the end of the day, like the worst thing that someone will say is no or just leave you on red. So I think it's super important to like kind of pitch for your, like pitch yourself to to other people because it'll help you like get your name out there. And even if they might not want to work with you now, like down the road, you never know. Absolutely. And I think that um, that's a great point. And I think a great lesson for everybody listening is like my best piece of advice I have for everybody is no doesn't mean never. It just means not right now. Like, mm-hmm. and I'll repeat that. No doesn't mean never. It just means not right now. Um, I every almost every day I'm reminded of this. I mean, there was um, there's a social media platform. I won't I won't mention which one. But there's a new social, a newer social media platform, and I've been trying to um, do some marketing for them through our college agency. And I reached out to them. I don't know. I think I reached out to them in like September, and they wrote me back. And I was so excited they wrote me back. And I said, "Oh my gosh, they wrote me back." They said they're interested in talking. I said, "Let's get on a call." And then they, they said no, and I was <laughs> bummed because I thought, you know, they wrote me back. Yeah. But then they wouldn't get on a call. But then I just like make myself a note to follow up. Pretty much every like I don't. Want to annoy them too much, but I also don't want them to forget about me. So I probably follow up with them every like five to eight weeks, six mm-hmm. to eight weeks, maybe. And so following up. And so I reached out in September. So I probably followed up in like November. They still didn't want to get on the phone with me, followed up before the holidays, still didn't want to get on the phone, followed up last week. And they're like, oh my God, we'd love to talk. And then I had a great call with them earlier this week and maybe we'll work together. So that's an example of like, if I never reached back out to them, nothing would happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really up to you to, um, you know, have the confidence because it does take confidence. And I think confidence and focus to, you know, take a deep breath and send someone a follow-up email, right? And as long as there's enough space, as long as you're not pestering them, as long as you're not being rude, like you have, like you are marketing you, right? So you have to do the follow-up. So I think that's really key. Love that. Thanks for sharing that with us. So the last part of the podcast is Instagram questions that I got. So I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I actually got a lot. So I had to pick a few of my favorite ones. So the first one is what is the best way to write your resume? Um, So in terms of this, uh, probably a little hard to explain over the podcast, but um, definitely check out the Intern Queen YouTube channel. It's just youtube.com slash intern queen. And we have so many videos. I mean, at least, you know, 20 plus videos that are all on resume content. I think some quick tips are keep it one page 
Um, if you're in college or graduating college, make sure to focus on your campus experience and really mm -hmm. explain it because you guys are doing some really impressive stuff. And then I'm usually a fan of removing the objective statement unless it's really saying something. I find that typically it's a bunch of, bunch of uh, fancy words merged together. Yeah. Um, the next question is, how to build a creative resume without experience. Yeah, I always say start with what you do have instead of what you don't have. So most people, I get so many students that meet me and then they're like, I haven't done anything. What do I do? And I usually say, flip the script. Tell me <laughs> what you do have instead of what you don't have. Yeah. And then you start to find out some really interesting information. You know, they... Um, or on the student government um, in high school, or they volunteer with their dad every Saturday, or they're taking some really relevant coursework. So if you haven't had internship or job experience, that's okay, but you want to sort of go fishing and see what you can find. And I find that usually if people just think about how they spend their time, um, they can sort of use that to, uh, to build out the resume. Awesome. And the next question is, what has been the highest point so far in your career? That is such a good question. And I don't know that I... It's, I feel like that's sad <laughs> that I don't know. I need to figure that out. You know, I don't know. And here's, here's what I'll, here's how I'll answer that. I don't really know because I've spent a lot of time working on myself as a business owner over the past 13 years. What I've really tried to work on is like not getting too psyched about the high highs mm -hmm. and not getting too psyched about the low lows, because as a business owner, one of the most challenging things you deal with is that, you know, it could be like a random Tuesday and you can, you know, you can have an employee quit and then you can score a really big business deal and it's all in the same day. And it's really hard because, you know, we're all people and we have emotions and feelings and all that. And yeah. The feelings can really toss you in circles. So I've really sort of trained myself over the past however many years to sort of just like deep breath and kind of like ride it out in the middle, you know, like yeah. good things are going to happen, bad things are going to happen. It's all good, right? Mm -hmm. I think that this past year, 2020, was a really challenging year for us. So while yeah. I would never call it a high point, I think that in terms of learning, it was probably the biggest learning year that, you know, it was the biggest year of learning that we've ever had because, you know, what happens when all of a sudden I'm in the business of college and what happens when college closes, right? Yeah. I'm in the business of college events and what happens when you can't do any college events? Like we really had to think on our feet and be creative and pivot and sell our new offerings into our clients. So, um, and also really change up our advice because, you said it earlier, Amanda, like you're not going to networking events anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> like not doing in-person interviews, a lot of internships are canceled. Now what? So yeah. I think last year has been um, a high point in that we've, you know, had to deal with a lot of really scary things and, and you know, gotten through it and been able to pivot. I love that answer. Um, and the last one is what motivates you to help others with their dream careers and internships? I think it's that when I talk to people, when I meet people, I think people have so much more potential than they think they do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I mentioned before that I meet a lot of people that come up to me and they tell me what they don't have. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have that. And I look at them and I'm like, you have something. I know it. <laughs> right. And I think that I, I really enjoy at the end of the day, getting people to look at themselves a little bit differently and getting people to be a little bit less pessimistic, more optimistic about their future, and mm -hmm. just showing people that it's a reality, right? Whatever yeah. they want can be accomplished. And so I think that's really what excites me at the end of the day is just like getting people to think about their professional life in a, in a new light. 
I love that. Well, that's all I had for you today. So thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. Before you leave, do you want to shout out any socials or links that you want people to check out? I want to be your friend. And if you heard this podcast, (laughs) I want to know. So my challenge to all the listeners is shoot me a DM. Um, You can follow intern queen and you can follow official career queen. But my personal Instagram is at official Lauren Berger. And I'm sure you guys can link this in the description and whatnot, but just at official Lauren Berger, but shoot me personally a DM. Like, I want to know what you thought of this podcast. Um, Amanda, you killed it. Like, I love how you had this all organized so much. I feel like it's so good for listeners too. So I hope everyone enjoyed and um, hope we can all connect. Yes. Thank you so much once again. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really, really, really do hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got to learn more about Lauren, about Intern Queen, about how to get internships, why internships are beneficial, and all these fun things. Don't forget to go follow Lauren on her Instagram. Go follow Intern Queen. Go follow Official Career Queen. Go support. Go show some love. I want to see her hit 30K. By the time this episode is live, I want her to hit 30K. So go do it. And if you want to go support me, please don't be shy. I would love that so much. You can go follow me on either at behind the girl boss or at it's amanda Wan. you can also follow me on youtube it's amanda Wan. and please don't forget to subscribe or follow to this podcast wherever you're listening to it on i would love that i would appreciate that and yeah so thank you guys so much once again for listening to this episode and i will hear you next time